Good afternoon and welcome to the show. So has spring finally sprung? Is the real estate market starting to improve? I don't know. You know, if I don't go driving around, I see a lot of open house signs. You know, this time last year, I didn't see very many. I think the market was so hot, people said, we don't need to do anything except list our house. Today, well, big different story. And, and you know what? I'm going to be talking to a couple of professionals a little bit later on in the hour. Um, have you thought about Hamilton? You know what? I've got a returning guest, and it's Judy Marsales, and she is a broker in the Hamilton area. And uh, Judy and I talked last year about Hamilton, and, and she's very enthusiastic about it. And and so should most people. It's a, it's a great area. It's been developing quite well. You know, a lot of, uh, a lot of changes there. So she's going to uh, bring us up to date on what's happening in in the Hamilton area and um, one of my feature agents I'm going to have is going to be Sherry Serqua and she's going to be joining me she's from Remax Ultimate Realty in Toronto and uh, she's going to be joining me later in the hour we're going to talk about you know realtors and offers and getting your house ready for the market and by the way are have you got your house ready for the market are you going to sell in this marketplace do you have to sell in this marketplace um, a lot of stuff in the news and and you know, each week you'll hear me talk about things that have been brought up, uh, especially, you know, it's amazing. Monday to Friday nowadays, it seems like somebody's complaining about real estate. You know, markets falling, this and that. And, you know, one of the headlines this week that I thought was kind of amusing, you know, Toronto still is a leader, but now it's in the decline of sales. How about that? You know, um, shout out to the Leafs. You know, unfortunately, they uh, they weren't able to make, make it through to the next uh, next round, but... You know what? I think uh, next year may be a good look, and um, but let's let's talk about the Toronto real estate market uh, again. We're off. Our numbers are off, and I think everybody is coming to the realization that we're not crashing. It's just we're all using a benchmark that is kind of nonsensical. There was just three, four crazy, crazy months last year, and it skewed all the numbers. And I think once we start to stabilize a little, people will feel a lot better about uh, about the marketplace, and maybe we'll start seeing things pick up. As we know, we've seen markets change all across Canada, with the Vancouver market up and down, up and down. And right now, Montreal, hey, if you're in Montreal, you're doing exceptionally well because you have not implemented a foreign buyer tax. And what did the Ontario... Foreign buyer tax really curbed the real estate market. Well, you know what? Taking a look at the census, a lot of you agreed that you're quite happy that they threw that out there, that you thought that that was actually the biggest problem that we had in the real estate market and that now by curbing the foreign buyers coming in, this is one of the reasons why we are all kind of looking at the market saying it's going down and it's not that aggressive. Well, the numbers really don't lie Right now, we're only looking at 1.6% of transactions were done in the greater horseshoe area um, for February. Those were done by foreign buyers. Um, last year, though, um, give or take, about 4.7 at the peak. So not huge percentages, but that's a big, that's a big change uh, in comparison. So I think a lot of the problem, of course, and you've heard me talk about this with a lot of the experts, that it was more a mindset. The idea that somebody's going to walk into your front door with a briefcase full of cash, which, by the way, you can't do it. It's illegal. But apparently they were walking around, and this is what got everybody all excited. And quite frankly, um, 
I think this is one of the reasons why people are kind of sitting on the fence right now saying, oh, I don't have the big buyer, so maybe I'm not putting the house on the market. Or for that matter, you know, buyers are still sitting there saying, come on, you can come down a little bit further. We want the market to adjust further. Uh, I think the one thing that's going to hurt us the most right now, and depending on what the federal government decides to do, is, of course, this stress test. This is the one that's making people struggle. And a lot of you are stuck with your lenders right now because when you go to renew your mortgage you can just simply renew it and they're not going to put you under a stress test but if you go out to try to find another lender that you're thinking you're going to get a better deal with um, then you're going to have to go through the stress test and none of us wants to do that because you have to be approved for a much higher percentage and quite frankly that doesn't make a lot of sense especially since you've done such a great job paying off your mortgage so far so i think that uh this the the government intervention probably with the stress test not a good thing i think it's going to make it a little bit more difficult for people that can actually afford it and actually have a decent down payment i think it's just making it a little bit uh more difficult so Again, we're going to have to watch it because the spring market, it really hasn't sprung. We aren't seeing crazy number of sales. We're seeing more listings and the sales are happening. Uh, some of the stuff that is happening, you know, decent pricing, I would say. Um, yeah, there are multiple offers. Some are going over asking. Some are going below asking. Again, I think we're getting much closer to a balanced market with that. It's just most people are going to take a look at April and May sales figures and get a little bit concerned. A little bit concerned. But the fair housing plan, you know, we're coming up to a year on it. Did it work? Um, I don't know. You know what? It's pretty much one year old, and I think it might have done some of the things that it needed to do. I don't agree with everything and when we talk about the builders and that is one of the things that this the new fair housing plan did because they implemented rent control right up to ground zero meaning it didn't matter if it was brand new or if it was 30 years old you've got rent control <clears throat> one of the things that we need to look at is what are the builders thinking how are they uh, handling all this? Well, as we know, there's been some cancellations lately of some of the big uh, big developments. And recently, and I, I want to talk about this story because I think this is very important. And you may not all agree, and that's okay. Um, one of the things that a lawyer who wants to jump on the bandwagon, he believes that the builder should return not only the deposit, but about $100,000 to each purchaser. So what he's actually doing is assuming that even though it's been, it's been canceled, so the builder's not getting the value. He thinks that if you put a $50,000 or $40,000 deposit on something, I don't know, two, three years ago, that you should get an extra hundred dollars um, In my opinion, and I'm not mentioning any names, but I'm just going to say in general, if that is your mindset as being a lawyer, you should get out of the business very quickly because you would be better to buy a lottery ticket. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. Now, there is a rule that says that they do have to pay interest, but it's a very low, low percentage. And that's the problem is that technically it's 2% below the posted rate. And so it's kind of negligible to a certain degree. And this is why a lot of people are sitting there saying, okay, I'm, I'm getting back my deposit, but I'm not really getting any interest. So I believe that there should have been probably a better interest factor put in. It could be two, three, four, or whatever would match whatever you would have that money if you had it deposited in the bank. So let's call uh, you know a 2% interest rate. Guaranteed that you get 2% on your money regardless 
uh, if it does get given back to you. But it's ludicrous that somebody would actually suggest that somebody would get $100,000. And and the explanation to this was, well, now they have to go out and buy a property to replace this one. So they're going to have to pay hundred grand. So you should pay the 100000 there's the thing. Read the agreement of purchase and sale. And I've told everybody this, you know, nonstop, read your agreement. Builders can cancel. They have a way out. If you were to scratch it out, they will not accept your offer. So you do have to accept some of the responsibility. Now, I do believe, though, that these builders should be taken to task. And what I mean by that is that perhaps they should have, they must give you a more legitimate reason okay or perhaps maybe have to increase the interest rate if the reason is not a viable excuse so you know just the idea that oh i can't find financing well that may or may not hold true and again i think they're going to investigate some of these builders a little bit more thoroughly and figure out if the government can intervene so again i feel sorry for everybody that did buy into some of these developments that have been cancelled but you know, again, this is the problem. It's a little bit of that risk. Now, what happens if you turned around and it did close and you sit there and you say, great, I made $200,000 on my transaction here. Would you share it with the builder? Um, ideally, you, you, you bought it for 500 a square and now you can sell it for uh, 800. Should you share some of that with the builder? And you would say, no, I bought it fair and square. So if the builder is giving you back your money, why should he give you what you thought you're going to make in profit? Again, that's that speculative part of it. And uh, people have to be very careful in this marketplace with speculation. Uh, it's just one of those things that, you know, again, I'm kind of, kind of concerned about and keeping our eyes on at all times. Going on, taking a look at some of the, uh, some of the sales recently. You know, it's interesting, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, you know, we're seeing, we are still seeing multiple offers and we're seeing things going over asking. And in the case of the condominium market, uh, the resale condominium market is staying very, very strong because there's some affordability. One of the things that you should keep in mind is you don't always have to buy brand new. Sometimes if you buy something that could be three to five years of age, you will have a much, much better understanding of where that building is financially because you now have things such as reserve fund studies that have been now reissued at year three. You have more, a better idea of how much money is going to have to be raised in the future. A lot of times when these these maintenance fees are set out in the very early stages, they're a little bit low. And then a couple of years later, all of a sudden they go through the roof and everybody says, hey, wait a minute, it was $300 a month. Now it's $600 a month. That's really expensive. Well, that's normally because it's a big guesstimation out of the, out of the gate. And a lot of times builders will keep their prices down just so they can attract everybody. Um, so anyways, that's kind of my, my, uh, my, my take on this week, definitely. And again, the condominium stuff, we're going to keep our eyes open on it. So remember, not all your eggs in one basket, um, maybe have an escape plan or knowing that you can stay somewhere a little bit longer because the builders will not always complete the transactions. But for the most, uh, most part, we're seeing them, you know, they are completing better part of, you know, call it 85 to 90% of all developments do get completed. So uh, hopefully you're not caught in the middle of it. Um, by the way, remember, uh, if you would like to know more about what we do here at The Simple Investor, go to thesimpleinvestor.com. We've got uh, just a couple left in our development, our last release. And if you want to find out more, go to thesimpleinvestor.com. And if you have any questions, you want me to read them on air here, you can email me, Todd, T-O-D-D, at thesimpleinvestor.com. And I would be happy to uh, read your question on the air. Anyways, when I come back, 
I'm going to be joined by Judy Marcells. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. If you're just tuning in, my guest right now is Judy Marcells. And um, she is from the Hamilton area. And she is the broker owner of Judy Marcells Real Estate. And Judy, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's just absolutely wonderful to be here and uh, to share some experiences and some excitement about Hamilton. Yeah, you know, last time you and I actually spoke about a year ago, and you were able to, I guess, enthuse our listeners about Hamilton. And I'm, I'm, I've been a huge Hamilton fan for for years and uh, maybe we can we can talk a little bit about first your history in real estate because you know you've uh, you've got an interesting history so let's talk about that and uh, maybe in a little while we can talk a little bit more about Hamilton so how long have you been in the industry Ooh, I'm a bit of a dinosaur in that respect. Okay. Uh, I actually was licensed in 1980 and was very fortunate to be one of the top salespeople for a company named Lounsbury that's no longer uh, with the Hamilton real estate market. Right. And uh, then in 1988, I made the leap to opening up my own business in January. Excellent. And we've just celebrated our 30th anniversary. Well, congratulations. Yay. That is awesome. You know, for and for a brokerage to be in business that long, you must be doing something right. So, Well, I sure hope so. And uh, I've really, really enjoyed working with a lot of people over those years. And I hope that it's more about our customer clients and, in my case, about the people that I have the pleasure of working with as opposed to the the ego, which sometimes can get in the way. There's no egos in real estate. What are you saying? <laughs> well, thank you for reminding me. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because, um, and, and before before we talk about Hamilton, because I definitely do want to have a conversation with you on that. But um, one of the things I wanted to ask you is that, you know, you've obviously seen all the changes in real estate. I mean, if you and I go back to the 80s, you know, uh, it was a totally different animal back then. You know, we didn't have the technology, you know, you weren't dealing with faxes and emails. I mean, you were actually right there with the, the little the little sheet of paper that was describing the listing and you're, you know, out. Um, do you, uh, you know, I sometimes ask people, do you think that as much as, you know, everybody likes progression in technology, do you think it's taken away a little uh, from the real estate industry? I'm not sure if it's taken away from it. What it has done is challenged the expectations because the expectation is for instant information, instant results, yeah. and by extension, um, perhaps uh, value judgments that aren't realistic with the time frame. So I think we need a broader perspective in order to provide a better base of understanding and knowledge to our consumers. Yeah, you know, I, I, I like that take on it. Um, one of the things I always recognize, because, you know, I've been in the business for not as long as you, but pretty close. And I remember, um, you know, there was a lot more face-to-face, -face, I feel. You know, like when, when, when we were doing offers, you know, the presentation at the table, everything else. And all, it was also even, you know, working with buyers, you know, um, you know, some buyers nowadays, you know, they go, oh, well, I swung by the house, yeah, let's throw an offer in. But, you know, having people in your car, driving them around, I mean, it really has changed in comparison to, let's say, what it was even 15, 20 years ago. No question about that. And you're right, that personal interaction has been reduced substantially. Um, I'm fond of suggesting to buyers and sellers, for that matter, uh, that they should actually go and look at a property, walk through, take advantage of these open houses, take advantage of the opportunity to 
sense a home more than what you get on the visual, whether whatever uh, website you're looking at. Because at the end of the day, a house is your home. And whether you know, you're living in it or maybe you're thinking long-term investment, regardless, you still have to sense, feel it, see it. It's more than just the, the picture on the uh, website. Yeah, and, and, and the description, because, you know, you have so many characters you can describe a property. <laughs> I think that's impossible. I mean, you could do that in one room in most cases. Um, let's talk about Hamilton. Um, you know, uh, spring markets here, Hamilton market is, seems to be fairly strong. And, you know, I think, I think there's a lot of developments of condominiums. What's going on in the Hamilton market? Well, interestingly enough, the market hasn't been that strong. Yeah. Uh, we've seen an increase in listings yep. against a decrease in sales. Now, I think this reflects the economy more than it reflects what's going on in Hamilton per se. Right. Hamilton has enjoyed uh, a better profile, if you will, from both the Toronto market, Mississauga, and the likes east of Hamilton. Yep. And, uh, but we're not getting the tsunami of demand that sometimes is interpreted uh, in the media. Right. Um, and if you look at, I'm a bit of a stats geek. Sure. If you look at the stats, in fact, those wonderful buyers from the Toronto market who are being uh, priced out of their first time home, they're moving to the northeast corner of Burlington right. because it's where you work and the commute time that's also part of the equation. Sure. And they can buy, in some, most cases, young families are buying townhouses, uh, condominiums, as you identified, yeah. in the northeast corner of Burlington. And there have been some months, interestingly enough, where the number of sales in that little area have been more than the whole lower city of Hamilton put together. Wow. So okay. the key for Hamilton, I think, is that we have to have a vibrant employment opportunity where young families can find employment in Hamilton and then they love to live there because we have such a wonderful, vibrant community across so many different platforms that I'm very pleased and proud to be a part of. When we talk about the Burlington area then, um, obviously, you know, we're, we're seeing some decent activity there. but. One of the things I recognized with the Hamilton numbers was that you're not, you didn't see the same decrease year over year that some of the Toronto area did. Because again, we had, we had a big, I would say a substantial fall off March to March 2017 in some of the northern parts of Toronto. Um, Hamilton seems to still kind of stay stable. I think, I think right across the board, we've seen, you know, the, the sheer volume of properties drop, obviously, uh, through all the boards. But, you know, some areas haven't been as affected financially. Um, if we're going to pick on some hot neighborhoods, and let's let's talk about you know Hamilton proper, where would you encourage people to live? If we're talking about Hamilton, where would you tell them to look? Well, of course, it would depend on their budget and yep. uh, what lifestyle that they enjoy. Uh, walkability scores are a big talking point these days, and the Lock Street area in Hamilton has attracted a lot of young families because they can walk to schools, they can walk to shops, and it's wonderful. Another area that's gaining attention is the waterfront. Hamilton, as you may know, is redeveloping their waterfront. And this has been an area of Hamilton for years that people were sort of running away from. Yeah. Well, we've turned the corner now. It is hot. 
and everybody wants to be down at the waterfront. So that's the good news. Before you give us any more news, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have you ask you to hang on for a second. I'm going to go to a quick break. Folks, um, I've got Judy Marcells with me, and she's from Judy Marcells Real Estate in Hamilton. And as everybody knows, Hamilton's a hot topic. So when we come back, I want to talk more with her and uh, get the rest of your list of what we're looking for. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. If you're just tuning in, my guest right now is Judy Marcells, and she is a real estate broker from Hamilton. And Judy, just before the break, you and I were talking about the revitalization of kind of that nice harbor frontish feel in the Burlington Hamilton area. Um, what is going on there? Because I mean, it's it seems like it's been under construction for a little while. Well, I don't know if it's been under construction, but it certainly has been in the planning stages for a little while. Right. And most recently, the city of Hamilton has just put a stamp of approval on moving forward with some uh, development, and it is just spectacular. So this is in response to uh, a greater attention to the waterfront area in Hamilton. We have this magnificent waterfront that for decades had been ignored. And now it's going to take a few years, obviously, to build it. And there's going to be condos and uh, more activity, uh, commercial as well. So, oh, stay tuned. I'm really pumped about it. Yeah. Now I know I know you're you're a big fan of Hamilton. Um, do you do you also trade in Burlington? Like, is there a crossover there? Well, I don't know that there's a crossover. There's certainly because everybody kind of merges them together. Like yes. they always say, Burlington Hamilton, Burlington Hamilton. So. Well, of course, they're part of the real estate board to which we all belong. Right. And we do work in Burlington quite a bit. And right. we work in Ancaster and Dundas and Glambrook and Dunville. Sure. That is all part of our knowledge base. Right. So absolutely. What we find, interestingly enough, is that uh, the, the young families coming out of Toronto looking for a lower cost on their first home are actually attracted to the north corner of northwest corner of Burlington and right. statistics back this up substantially. So when you when you say looking for affordability, what you know, can you give us a, an idea as far as numbers or what what kind of you know dollar value the people are looking at? Well, interestingly enough, um, I think if you take a look at simply average, we were, you were talking earlier about price differences. Burlington actually went down year over year on yep. average. So in 2017, for example, uh, they were looking on average at $815,000. Right. Right. Uh, but this year, uh, same month this year, uh, March, uh, 743000 on average. So okay, substantial. It, yes, and if you look at that prorated relative to size and first-time home buyers, right. that means that they're going to enjoy a, a decrease from what the expectation would be in the Toronto market. And there is where they balance the cost of commuting against their first home. Right. Now, when you, when you give out that number, um, you're looking at detached property. Is that correct? We're looking at everything here. Right. Um, there is certainly a breakdown between detached uh, and very other different levels of housing. Right. Okay. Because uh, looking at affordability, I mean, everybody, you know, one of the reasons why I think that Hamilton did have such an incredible increase over a few years was a lot to do with affordability and the fact that you've got access to the GO train. And so this is this is one of those things that I think people, you know, having having transit affordability, you know, this is one of the reasons why the outlying areas, both east and west, are, are doing exceptionally well. I wouldn't argue with that. Um, I think the fact that we have the GO train now provides 
more fluid opportunities for people to go from employment opportunities in Toronto, say, right. and li lifestyle in Hamilton. Sure. Having said that, our experience with the young families is that they're not prepared to trade time for money. Right. So uh, they would rather pay a little bit more if they are working in downtown Toronto to live in Toronto than to commute to some of the outlying areas. Now, if you have work in Burlington, Oakville, Hamilton, then Hamilton scores very, very high for those uh, young people or people in general. Uh, so if you take a look at our number one employer right now in Hamilton, healthcare and education, wonderful opportunities for people and families. You know, it's interesting though, because um, some of the stats from uh, some of the transit is the fact that Hamilton is still drawing still quite a few people that do get employed in Toronto because, you know, just the sheer volume of people that are now traveling because they feel that, you know, using things like the GO train uh, and the accessibility, it's really has, again, opened up, I think, some of the potential for Hamilton. You know, a lot of your developers there, uh, we've, we've had some that I've spoken to over the years on the show and that, and, you know, they find that, you know, selling, selling a development is very easy nowadays, and a lot of the people are buying you know, some do work in Toronto, some are from the suburbs, and they're just looking at the affordability and, and what they're able to get. Because it seems like, seems like Hamilton's kind of got a good mix now, affordability and some new designs. You know, it, it seems like the builders are really keeping in mind what, what people are looking for there. There's absolutely no question. We are attracting uh, a new, young experience relative to the uh, GO train and relative to other methods of getting to and from Toronto. Sure. Having said that, it's not only just the availability of transportation. It's the new vibe in Hamilton. Yeah, it's exciting. It is exciting. So there's lots of opportunities for people, young, middle-aged, old, to get out, to enjoy music, theater, lifestyle. And, uh, you know, you're referencing earlier about computers and technology and so on. One of the things that I think is starting to change people's perspective is how do we interact with other fellow humans? Yeah. How do we spend time? And music, of course, is a big draw. And from that perspective, uh, we have just attracted the Canadian Country Music Awards in Hamilton this year. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, we have a music foundation. We have this brand, if you will, that I think is attracting people. And uh, so there's affordability of housing, but there's also a lifestyle to be considered. Right. And, and you know, it's amazing because a lot of the, the downtown core is being all redeveloped and cleaned up. And I mean, it, it's becoming very attractive. You know, I was, I was uh, in Hamilton uh, a couple of weeks ago and I was just looking at some buildings because that's typically what I do. I go running around looking at apartment buildings to buy. And one of the things that I, I was just absolutely gobsmacked is the number of, you know, older buildings that are being bought up, cleaned up, refaced. I mean, it's got a real... I don't know. You know, it's it, it, it's still got a, a bit of an older feel to it because they've kept some of it, which is nice. They haven't made it, uh, you know, like just bulldoze everything down, but they've been adding to buildings, and and I think they're doing a wonderful job with it. Well, it's interesting you say that because one of the things we are proud of in Hamilton is the respect of our heritage buildings. Yeah. Now we try to balance that by saying utility, function, and obviously safety is is important is important. But yes, we have this amazing legacy of heritage properties. And now how do we transform those into sort of balancing people's lifestyle? 
because it is a combination of both and we're we're trying to do it to the best of our ability and I, I think I actually you know as, as a city I think they're doing a wonderful job because there was a, a, and you and I both know years ago there was a bit of a stigma that always surrounded it and it was you know because of the the steel you know it was considered a steel town and and you know it didn't always have the best face on it and yet over the last, I think, 15, well, almost 20 years, we've watched it just kind of come into its own and start to, the, again, the redevelopment, you know, the, the, the infrastructure that's being put in, the people that are, you know, starting to, you know, it, it's nice to see that all of that heritage is not being lost. Well, it's interesting you say that. We're still very proud of our steel-making heritage yes. and our manufacturing capabilities and competencies. But now we've extended that, and we've extended that. If you take a look at the innovation park that McMaster has now, yes. just incredible opportunity for young entrepreneurs to develop uh, very successful businesses. Mm -hmm. Or if you take a look at some of our healthcare uh, developments, McMaster has some of the best um, departments for information and research and I mean they are internationally renowned for some of their research so yeah. and then we have the the cancer center at the Jurovinsky of course and you know all of these things are adding to this magnificent opportunity for Hamilton to be seen as a vibrant community which it has been sure. but sometimes misunderstood yeah yeah, well, I think that's a best, the best way to sum it up, I think so. Um, Judy, what is the uh, best way for people to reach you, by the way? Well, of course, in this day and age, they can phone me, my goodness. 905-522-3300, <laughs> but also by email, judy at judymarsales.com, or on Facebook, or any number of other ways today. And uh, we would always welcome people's inquiries. We're happy to do uh, free home opinions. And, you know, if you just want to sit down and talk and plan your future in real estate, we're here for you. Excellent. Well, listen, it's been a real pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, folks, when we come back, I've got Sherry Sirqua joining me. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. So uh, as some of you know, I like to feature realtors uh, on the show with me. And one of the reasons why is that I can sit here and read all the articles. And yes, I'm probably up at 5am looking at everything that's going on in the world of real estate. But for the people that are actually out there on the ground practicing, I really like to dig into neighborhoods, transactions, what's going on. And of course, here we are, we're sitting in the spring market. And instead of me talking about the spring market and what's happening, Happening, I decided that I would bring on my next guest and it's a Sherry Sirqua and she is from Remax Ultimate Realty Inc. brokerage uh, in Toronto and uh, Sherry welcome to the show. Hi nice to be here. You know it's a real pleasure having you on and um, maybe you can uh, maybe you can give us a little bit of a background. You've been doing this for a little while. Yeah it's coming up 20 years and uh, I've been doing it you know I, I work seven days a week I'm one of those triple-a <laughs> <laughs> battery. Yeah you know I'm gonna have to talk to you about the seven day a week thing because I, I do, you know, I try to impress upon my uh, my listeners that, you know, the, and, and, and a lot of them say, okay, here he goes again, pumping up realtors. No, I only pump up professional realtors. There's a big difference. Yeah. Um, but uh, before we go there, what uh, what area do you practice more of your real estate in? Well, I've, I've always worked in within the neighborhood that I live in because I find it the, the easiest way uh, to keep on top of real estate because 
Uh, I go in to see every house that comes on the market. I'm usually involved one way or another, pricing it or selling it or listing it. And I think that's really crucial because if you are working, I've, I've, that's my farm area, sort yeah. of. And, and my farm area has grown. Yep, it does. Sort of, yeah, it, it, the box got bigger, but uh, that's just from doing it for so many years. And I find that that's really, really helpful because unless you go into a house, you have no idea about why it sold for what it did and the circumstances, the timing. Just the actual quality of the renovation, for example, if uh, and just really understanding the the product. Yeah, you know it's it, it's interesting that you bring that up because um, I've always been a big believer in people working at what what we call a farm area in the industry, which just basically means that you you set yourself out a parameter and everything in there you want to focus on and get knowledge on and and you know I think I think you hit the nail on the head and and I liked what you just said because this is so important for people to understand why it is really so important for you to hire a local agent when selling your home you know what you said was yet you know you go into every listing mm -hmm. and I think that in itself that's a lost art you know and and I think that so many people that are new into the industry don't realize what value that truly brings mm -hmm. because you walking through a property so when people sit there and say listen but my house is just like it oh well hang on and you know they always base it off an MLS description which you and I both know you have so many characters to describe a house. exactly so exactly. so tell us tell us some of the things that you notice like you, you like you know I don't think everybody can really grasp how much work you actually do when you walk into a house to be able to understand it. What are some of the things you look for when you take a look at houses? Well, for example, I do a lot of listing of, of uh, a property and what I find is that, you know, you can't really get a sense of the quality of, of, of the home. Uh, you know, for example, you know, with staging and everything and wonderful wide angle lenses and, and <laughs> you know, all the, all the stuff that they do and it, it's great for presentation. But when you go into the house, you know, when you're walking up the staircase, you know, the the, uh, the railing that jiggles, you know, yeah. but they've got beautiful pillows and cushions. But or the when, creaking. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Or the ceiling height, you know, just the way that things, you know, if, if a basement has been dug down, most agents will highlight that in a listing. But uh, going into a property will really give you a true sense of what the house was like. And, you know, uh, I get calls all the time. I, you know, people will maybe be representing their sister who is coming from Mississauga sure. to, you know, Bayview and Eglinton area. And I get the calls from them. They say, you know, geez, can you help me? Because, you know, I'm looking at this comp. I don't understand why this one went for, you know, two million. And then this one went for a million eight fifty. What? Why? Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's a really good point because the why and you know one of the one of the things I always found was uh, you know I, I I when 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 I was working in real estate I was working on uh, you know pretty big farm areas but they were newer homes and they were I we, I would describe them as cookie cutters mm -hmm. you know because some of the builders they'd come in and there'd be like seven of the same model maybe a little different frontage or they went to the four bedroom plan instead of the five bedroom plan but they were very cookie cutters and I remember so many people so you know I I sell a couple of houses in the neighborhood and they would they would call me up and they'd say, hey, Todd, you know, you just got this price for this house. So my, mine's the same model. So I must be worth at least that much and more. Yeah. And then I go to their house and you'd walk through and it's like, first of all, I'm not taking my shoes off. That's the first indication that you, <laughs> yeah. that you know the house needs a little bit. Yeah. But you know, when, when we start looking at the upgrades and everything else, it's like, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm sorry, you, you saw the listing where it said upgraded tile. And then mm -hmm. they say, yeah, but I upgraded my tile. Yeah, they, they, they spent $20,000. You spent 
mm-hmm. you know, one. And, and do you know what I mean? Like, it's totally. just that perception. Well, and also, uh, there are a lot of builders, you know, you're just going to your point, that will spend a lot of money on tile, but none of it, there's too much information, too many different tiles. You know, maybe the, the house, what he did, they didn't use or she didn't use a designer yep. to put it together nicely. And so, you know, all of these things are factors and, and um, yeah, and location. For example, within a neighborhood, you can be on one street, but this section of the street east of this part is sure. that part of the street demands a premium, whereas this other part is not as desirable. So those are the things that you learn yeah. uh, working in a neighborhood for many, many years. You just know, okay, that house has been on the market two, three times, and it was yep. always a tough sell. Yeah. Why? Yeah. You know, that's such a great point because, you know, when, when they do talk about location, it's amazing because, you know, I've been in neighborhoods where literally one block south mm-hmm. of a street versus one block north could represent a half a million to a million dollars in difference. And, you know, people say, oh, well, that house, well, it's only one block away. Mm-hmm. Yes, but it's the perception because everybody says south of this is where I want to live. North is not nearly the same. And yet, literally, you know, I, I would call it 100 meters apart, but yet it's a million dollar difference. Yes. Are you finding, uh, just, just so I, uh, you know, for our listeners' sake, you know, here we are in the spring market, okay? It's um, it's not a spring market that I think in the last two years we've seen. It's but not I th- typical. But I think it's actually more of a spring market that we saw six years ago, you know, when, when mm-hmm. the market wasn't, you know, that, that crazy, crazy pace. You know, I think we're going to be on, on, on tap to maybe do, you know, somewhere around 85, 90,000 units this year in, in the Toronto Real Estate Board, which would put us, you know, sixth or seventh in the list. Um, are, are, are you kind of seeing it return to normal right now? Well, it's interesting. You know, last year, um, it, it was really crazy. And I was representing buyers uh, and sellers. And like on the selling side, I'd be going, wow, I can't believe somebody is paying this much money for this house. I mean, hopefully, you know, my next question was always as a listing agent. And this is where the experience comes in is find out how much down they have because my sense is that this house is never going to appraise at this price. So you better oh, have Yeah, you better have, you better have that extra money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's part of it. But um, what I found last spring was things were going like just for ridiculous prices. And I had a sense after having done that for so many years that it was going, it was, we were due for a change. And when I was representing a buyer, I would say, you know, it's not worth what, you're going to have to pay to get this. And yeah. there were a lot of people that, you know, turned their back and just said, you know what, you're right, Sherry, we're just going to wait. And Or so, they say, Sherry, we have to have this house, and they get so caught up in, you know, it was amazing because yeah. oh, we watched God, the momentum yeah. take people where they shouldn't have gone in some cases. I'm, I, and, and, you know, your place as a realtor, you can't say, no, don't buy this because you're oh, only... I do it all the time. Yeah, but, but, but we're, you know, te- technically, and I agree, listen, yeah. I, I would tell people too that, and they look at, yeah, but Todd, we really want this house. Okay, then fine. Then you need to listen to my disclaimer. I don't think it's worth this. Mm-hmm. I think there's a problem here. And you can give them all the disclaimers in the world, but yet they still move ahead. And we saw that last year. We saw, mm-hmm. you know, we saw people stick their necks out where it's like, hey, you're going to get your head chopped off on this one. And now... A year later, you know, we've watched the we watched the market pull back because those, those were just you know February, March, and April. Those were crazy months, mm-hmm. and now we've watched some of the numbers recede. And and you know, we're hearing people sit there and say, "Oh, well, you know, I overpaid a year ago." They almost want to bl- blame the realtor or the builder. Yeah, I I what I've always in the last historically in the last five years, let's call that 
just because I can't remember much past back. <laughs> okay. So last five years, sure. what was happening was the the biggest prices were always received between like mid-January, depending on the weather, yep. end of January up until just before March break because there's been such a lack of supply in the fall and in December, you know, just it's not there. Sure. So I found that historically that's where we got the biggest prices. What I'm finding now is that everybody thinks spring market is when the snow melts and yep. and then all of a sudden you get a lot of supply and demand. You get a lot of supply. So now it disperses the buyers. Like I think last week there were like, right after March break actually, there were like eight semis that came out. Well, hey, you know, if there's eight buyers, they all go yeah. different places, right? Sure. So I'm finding that houses are taking a little longer to sell, but it always comes down to the price that you're asking. If your property is priced right, it should sell relatively quickly. And if it's if it shows well, and that's, you know, that's a whole other discussion, staging and just making sure you take the time. A lot of realtors, uh, I've, you know, I sit back and I go, wow, that's such a beautiful house. It's too bad that maybe they didn't take a little more time yeah. to paint it, to declutter, to get it to ready. Get it ready. Yeah. 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 So if, if, if we were to pick on one really good piece of advice you can give our listeners, is it get the house ready? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Declutter. Declutter. Very well, that's and you know a realtor can't do that for you. No, but I think I, you know what I've I always thought that a realtor should walk in and say get rid of this 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 is like not physically do it yeah. but actually tell them because so many people they got they oh it doesn't matter that's just in the corner and they just they forget all together and they can't see it themselves. Well, they're overwhelmed, right? Because they've been living with all that stuff and and it's important to them. But so you know that then you have to kind of say okay, there's storage units over here. If you can't deal with it right now, if you're not equipped, then you need to just pack it up and move it over there and deal with it later. I mean, that's not ideal because, yeah. you know, you're just moving stuff sideways, right? Sure. But uh, that's the first thing I do. I go in and I say, you need to get thin everything out. Yeah. All of your seasonal clothing, for example, you know, you're not going to wear it for another six months. Well, actually, now, yeah. I guess it, it kind of goes up and down. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then you know, paint it. That's, yeah. I think it's cheap and cheerful. You want to make sure that uh, it's clean. Uh, you want to make sure that it's bright and neutralized. Take all your family pictures down, you know, and and uh, and basically then the staging starts, you know, yeah. like bringing in the pieces that you need. You know, obviously, you know, the main floor is the most important yep. and the master. And then beyond that, you just kind of move stuff around and that you do you do what yeah. you can to get the most money for your client. I always tell people paint the front door. Make sure the front door is absolutely perfect. That is so important. You know so what, important. too? You want to make sure you always, your your front door key goes in easy, well, yeah, no exactly. tricks. It's like, what yeah. else isn't working, When you they're know? struggling, yeah. sure. Listen, Sherry, it's been a real pleasure having you on the show. Where, what is the best way for our listeners to reach you? Uh, well, you can go to my website, sherry at sherrysirqua.com. So it's S-H-E-R-E-E -E -E at, Sherry again, S-H-E-R-E-E, -E -E, C is in cat, E-R-Q-U-A dot com. Listen, Sherry, it's been a real pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. Excellent. Thank you. I'd like to thank Sherry Sirkwa for joining me today. Always great to have a professional agent as well. Earlier in the hour, Judy Marcells. Uh, Hamilton, listen, folks, you know what? Don't uh, don't count it out. It's got some great positive vibe going on and uh, Burlington as well. So if you're looking for, I would say, more affordable real estate, you know, look west. And don't forget to look east, of course, because looking out in some of the other areas, Pickering, Oshawa, you know, there are still some things that are affordable. I know it's a bit of a hike, but it's actually worth 
the hike sometimes. I want to thank Ian Grant. As usual, he makes my life simple here. I want to thank you for tuning in this week. And remember, I'm going to be back next week, again, Saturday at 3 p.m. I'm your host, Todd C. Slater. You've been listening to Simply Real Estate right here on News Talk 1010.